the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andar Ola. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <laughs> Welcome, one and all. You know, it would really not be as much fun to do this radio show just for myself and, you know, the others in this studio as. As I know for a fact that only a few of them are actually listening while we're doing this thing right now. It's mo mostly background noise to them. So it, so it helps to know there are other ears out there making the time to take in this little radio program. I, I hope there's no regrets on your part at the end of this thing. I mean, it's only an hour out of your life, right? Yeah. So, okay, let's just get this thing started. Uh, I'll introduce my aunt, Aunt Dorothy, our designated laugher. Hey, why don't you give us a basic chuckle? Nothing fancy, just a simple chuckle, if you would. Well, okay. How's this? <laughs> not too shabby, huh? Yeah, not, not that shabby. Okay. Could have been better, but oh, it, it'll do. Um, now I'm forced to introduce our temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, make a sound or something to verify you're in the studio. Any, any kind of sound will do the trick. A sound? Yeah. Wait, what What possible sound could I make that would adequately address our listeners? You know, to let them know how excited I am about this episode and what's coming their way because this should be a good well, one. Maybe, I was maybe, reading... maybe we can edit that filibuster you just laid on everyone into separate filibuster. responses for the next four or five shows as that was way too much content from you for one episode. Come on, man. Well, you know, we're running behind schedule right now. Next time, be more judicious in your use of airtime. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. I felt I was more than judicious in my use of airtime, Spud. I was just getting to my main point when you interrupted me. Can I finish what I was saying? Hell no, you can't! My answer is no, so I was thinking we would discuss something on the show that I have been poking around to find out about lately. I, I've asked quietly off the air and not gotten a response, so I guess I'll now go public with it to get an answer. So you two lovebirds, yeah, oh, and Dorothy, and yes, you Chance, our insubordinate intern, just where are you guys going to honeymoon after the big wedding? It, it's like it's top secret information or something. Well, why the hesitancy to disclose your plans? Do you think I'm going to ask to come along with you? Uh, I mean, I do have a bunch of air miles stored, stored up, but uh, unless it's at a really nice place with, with free Wi-Fi and all the pay channels on their TV setup, I, I would take a pass on tagging along, so there's no worries. What the hell, yo? Spud, maybe you should respect their privacy. Your aunt and her fiancé, Chance, might wish to keep those details, you know, secret until the well, wedding. Yes, I would prefer to maintain our privacy with the honeymoon plans, if you don't mind, Spud. See? Well, I want it to be a surprise for Chance. I haven't told him yet. 
Well, of, of course I mind, because you're my only living aunt, and I want what's best for you. I will not stand for your man-child, soon-to-be husband there, over there, you know. Hey, put your phone down for a sec. Quit playing video games. Yeah, yeah. Because, Aunt Dorothy, you deserve the best. I'm, he's, he cannot take you to some place that's a dump. And, hold, and by the way, hopefully this will be your last marriage. Uh, well, that's what well. I always say to myself right before I utter those words, I do. You had me at hello. If I could jump in here, Spud, it's none of your business where we'll be honeymooning. That's a private matter between your aunt and I. She'll tell me when the time is right. My parents have been asking me day and night, and it's probably best for the time being that I don't know, as I think my mom wants to what? come with us. Well, that's not gonna that. that uh, you're not gonna like that. Let me. Just, my yeah. mom tried that on my first marriage. And she said she'd book a separate room, but still, it could get a little uncomfortable at times, you know. So why pause to take a pill? Oh, you know, both of my parents came with Rachel and I on our honeymoon. We all went camping at the Grand Canyon, and I gotta say, it was a great time. Maybe not real romantic, as, you know, my dad snores so loud at night in our tent. Ugh. That's so hot. It was tough to get in the mood, you know. Well, I can assure everyone, Chance's mom will not be accompanying us on our honeymoon. Good call. Uh, no respect to her, Chance, but it's not appropriate. I hear you, Dorothy. I don't think my dad would let her go anyway. He can't function without her, and the thought of her being away for the ten days of our honeymoon is freaking him out. He said he might kill himself if she goes with us, and... Yeah, my dad is a bit of a drama queen at times. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. If I was your dad, I would just appreciate 10 days alone where no one would, you know, tell me to turn down the TV or change the channel. That would never happen as my mom controls the remote in our house. Well, as my wife does, too. She knows what I like and I trust her to make the correct decisions. You know, people lie a lot, so you gotta be on your toes. Outside of the volume, as she sure likes it low, but, you know, we do share the same taste in programming. So it just stays on like a Hallmark Channel 24-7. <laughs> no, no. Though, well, I'll tell you what, we do love the Hallmark Channel, but she lets me watch some bowling on the weekends and, of course, uh, Wheel of Fortune during the week, too. Uh, she's not a big Vanna White fan like I am, but uh, she's a good sport. I don't understand. Dorothy and I have the same exact tastes in most everything, so I don't foresee any conflicts with entertainment options. And we both love playing Fortnite and Call of Duty. I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. That pretty much takes up most of our evenings together. Yeah, so how about uh, I try to guess where you guys might be honeymooning? If, if I'm close, just say I'm warm. Like if I'm uh, on the right continent, oh, please. It won't do any good for you to guess, as we will not be disclosing that information. Yeah. There's a pretty decent chance my mom is listening right now. Whatever. I still feel strongly that I should be brought up to speed on all aspects of this coming marriage. Uh, I'm going to be giving away the bride, you know. Uh, well, that's not a done deal. I still well, said... No, I still have a couple of requests out. If my old high school PE teacher, Mrs. Fredrickson, is able to make the ceremony, she'll fill that role. Huh? Spud... I told you that you would be the emergency fill-in if needed. That is messed up, yo! But a man is supposed to give away the bride. Oh, don't you worry about continuing our culture's oppressive male dominance in most norms. There's no law saying a man must do this for God's sake. 
Mrs. Fredrickson, if she can make it, will do just fine. Okay, Aunt Dorothy, but I stand ready to step up if needed. But right now, I need to hear some tunes. Uh, let's start off with a song by Patty Paladin, a cover of the Rolling Stones' early tune, It's the Singer, Not the Song. It wasn't released from the studio recording session of her album with uh, Johnny Thunders. Uh, it was titled Copycat in 1988, but it was eventually put out on a Bump Records compilation in 1994. Here she is, Patty Paladin. Yo, this is David Allen Greer, and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Spud, your first guest, Tim Robbins, is ready. Okay, say, Tim is touring with his Actors Gang theater group with a pretty serious production, The New Colossus, it, it's, it's titled. It's a project that deals with the topic of immigration, and of course, that right now is about as serious as it can get around the world, so don't butt in during our conversation. Oh, that's right, Gerald. You know it's always been an issue in this country, as various ethnic groups have had their time at the bottom of the ladder. Not exactly being warmly welcomed. Yeah, all right, I'll keep quiet, but our president has said America is full up right now, so, you know, there's no more room. Really? There's no real estate available in, like, South or North Dakota or, or like, Wyoming? I mean, there are more deer and elk there than people. Yeah, well... Spud, we're talking about the right people being allowed to live here. I love the poorly educated. 
Well, tell that to the Irish, the Italians, the Japanese, and I could keep on going. Many others about not being the right people to settle here. They've all, they've all heard that one before. Just, just put Tim through. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome actor, director, and screenwriter Tim Robbins. We appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on our show. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. So you'll... We'll be on tour with the Actors Gang production of The New Colossus across North America with a stop in Seattle at the Moore Theater on February 20th, 21st, 22nd. Tickets are now available online and at the box office. Uh, from what I've read about it, it appears to be an intense and emotional experience for both the audience and the actors. Give us the basics, if you would. So, um, it's 12 actors speaking 12 different languages from 12 different parts of the world telling their stories of migration at 12 different periods of time. So uh, I asked my actors uh, to, t to, to research their own stories uh, or their family's stories. Or their, so you, essentially you have stories from 1868 all the way through 2017 from all over the world, from Vietnam, from Hungary, from Russia, from uh, from. Uh, Mexico, uh, all telling the stories of their either their parents, their grandparents, or their uh, you know um, great grandparents. Ah. In some cases, a great 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 aunt. And um, the actors uh, wrote their own stories. I put it together and uh, uh, added some um, some poetry to it. And uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a beautiful story. It's a story we've done in Los Angeles, and we toured it in uh, Chile and in Argentina. And uh, what happens at the end is pretty uh, remarkable because they get to the end of this uh, journey, and then they, well, the, we we ultimately ask the audience a question. And at the end of the play, we ask the audience to share their own experiences about migration, immigration, or being refugees. Right. Well. Um, I want to hit you with this. Uh, the production obviously challenges the current anti-immigrant virus that's kind of spread around the world in Western democracies. What was your reaction when Stephen Miller, you know, Trump's evil, Dr. Evil, like, of immigration, tried to minimize the words of Emma Lazarus, uh, you know, like on the Statue of Liberty? I think he said her words had little to do with immigrants. I thought it was typical of him and the administration. Um, it, you know, listen, none of us, uh, unless we're complete uh, indigenous blood is from here. And, uh, you know, my, my, my personal migration story goes back to the 17th century, but I'm one of the, you know, few that has that kind of roots. Uh, I grew up in New York City with uh, Irish and, and uh, Italian immigrant children, uh, uh, second generation immigrants I uh, throughout our lives we uh, we have been dealing with whether we like it or not people that have been immigrants and have made our lives so much richer through mm -hmm. uh, either uh, direct uh, contact or through the products we use the the, the discoveries made uh, by um, by immigrants it's it's this white nationalist thing that's it is a virus it's a sickness and it denies actual history and actual truth. And it denies also such incredibly rich experiences and such great culture. We are a culture of immigrants and refugees. We are a culture made richer and more beautiful by how crazy uh, 
well, the crazy variety that that exists in L.A. When we do the show, I put a map in the lobby of the um, of the theater, and I ask people to put magnetic pins in on the map, telling where their uh, ancestors come from. And so, in this map of the world, we see every night in Los Angeles, we see the entire world represented in our theater. And it's pretty remarkable because this is that's something we should be proud of, you know. Right. This is something that is unique to the United States. The other places you travel, it, it's not that varied, you know. We have such a, 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 a assimilated culture right. that it, that this play is kind of after the actors' gang way of reminding us all of that we are brothers and sisters dating back generations and that's what made us well, and I, the other thing that yeah go ahead no I, I no i want you to continue that thought please well i, I was gonna say you know the uh, thing that makes us unique and strong is just that you know that if you think about it um when when we hear this rhetoric about uh you know immigrants trying to steal something from you or they're, you know, they're going to hurt us in some way. And if you think about who they are and who they have historically been, there's people that were in the same countries as them that didn't leave, that died, yep. or that didn't leave and chose to say, I'm okay with fascism, or I'm okay with being a Nazi, and stayed. But the people that left, the people that, first of all, the DNA of that, just the, the courage it takes to make that decision. I have to get out of here. I cannot tolerate this intolerance anymore. I am that, that character, that person is who we are as America. But then you also think about not only did they have the courage or she have the make courage to make that decision, but had the tenacity, the strength and the character to survive the journey. And then, not only that, but lands in this new country with absolutely nothing and creates a future, not only for themselves, but for future generations. Right. That's a pretty extraordinary individual. That's a hero. That's who we are. Yeah, well, well, well said. I'm excited to see the production. You know, about the Actors Gang Theater Group, we had Kyle Gass on the show a while back, and he shared some stories about the old days at UCLA when you guys started the group. Those sounded like fun times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a, we had, we, we were still having fun. <laughs> it's 38 years now, and um, we, uh, we've been all around the world with our shows. Uh, Kyle actually went on our, one of our first tours. We took a play called Carnage to the Public Theater in New York and uh, to the Edinburgh Festival. We were the United States representative in 1987, and we went um, uh, uh, there. And then we've been to we took, toured all over the United States with our other shows and uh, on five continents. So the Actors Gang is a, a really extraordinary theater company. It's where I spend most of my time these days because. I, I, how, you know, what better way to live your life than to live with a bunch of creative individuals that are all working towards a, a goal of creating incredible theater, but also doing things that are involved with the life around them. I mean, the worst, the worst thing when I was, I just remember yesterday last night I was having this conversation and remembered something my father said to me, who was also an actor and a musician, and he said, 
listen, I don't want you to study acting in high school because there's nothing worse than being in a conversation with a bunch of stupid actors. Right? <laughs> and I, at the time, I was very angry at him for that. But then I, I came to realize that there are different kinds of creative people. There are creative people that that are simply creative because they it's, it, it's 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 almost like a narcissism. They want to, the attention, right? And then you you're lucky enough sometimes to meet creative people that really care about the world, that are active and engaged, and and uh, are ready to you know not only take their talent onto a stage, but they're ready to take their talent into a classroom or into a prison to help out. And that's the kind of people, that's the kind of character that is in the actor's gang. And that's why I, I am, you know, spending so much time with them and why I'm going out on tour with them. I love these people. Well, and they're not only fantastic actors, but extraordinary people. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Let me I know you gotta go, so let me say again that you'll be on tour with the actors gang production of the new Colossus across North America with a stop in Seattle at the Moore Theater on February twentieth, twenty first, twenty second. Tickets are now available online at the box office. Hey, I, I I wanna really thank you for spending some time with us, okay? It's my pleasure, and I love Seattle, and I can't wait to be there and uh, meet people. And I, at every performance, I come out and uh, I have a talk back with the audience, and we talk about who we are as a country. Super. Well, there you have it, Mr. Tim Robbins. This is the Spud Goodman Show. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Spud. Yes. The show's resident psychic, Ted Marr, is holding for you. Put him through. You, you want me to do his plug? Yeah. That's your job. Oh, oh okay. All right. Uh, Ted Marr can be heard each Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. in Seattle and on the web. Here he is. Say hello to our show's resident psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. Thanks for calling in. As uh, You know, I have something I wanted to kind of run by you. Sure. Okay. Well, as a psychic, you know, uh, do you have like God's private unlisted phone number or number, whatever? I know you have like numbers that you use to contact people on the other side. I may not be 100% certain that there is a God, but let's just assume there is. So could you try to get in touch with him? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you'd like, I could uh, try to reach him right now, if, if you wish. Yeah, I, mean, I know I could ask a priest or a rabbi to, to try to communicate with God, but I you know, I, I wanted to know if maybe we could cut through the middleman and just go directly to him, because I, I got a couple oh. questions. Absolutely. Be happy to help any way I can. Actually, uh, God tells me that he's in everybody and everything. Oh. Um, so you can, ask, you can ask him, too, but I'm happy to be here to help out. Contact. Super. Well, I'm not going to complain or whine to God because you know I've been blessed myself. I'm still alive. I still have a job. I still have Wi-Fi at my apartment, so I have nothing to bitch about or ask for. I just wanted to know if God's okay with some people praying for stuff that's just downright like greedy or selfish. You know, I'm talking about people asking for special assistance, assistance to like win football games or hit a jackpot on a slot machine, or that someone really cute will swipe right on whatever dating app they're using. He just must be annoyed at pe- you know, people taking up his time with that kind of crap. What do you think? <laughs> well, if you if you want to if you want to ask for negative things, God generally won't help you, but only if you're if you if you're asking um, for help no, for in a selfish things. Way, like greedy, selfish, selfish things that only benefit them. 
sorry. Um, that's I, I, there are negative entities. You can ask for help with that. But as far as God goes, the, the, the God, the entity, the supreme being that I know, but um, she, she won't uh, generally help help you with that. Oh, she. Oh, uh, all right. I'll leave that one alone on the on the gender yeah, issue. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. you know, like I don't know if the thing about. If it bugs you, but you hear like players saying God wanted him, players or coaches saying God wanted him to win a game. It just doesn't make sense. There's no way God has time to get involved with that kind of everyday stuff. I I never buy it when I hear it after games. It's kind of offensive, but that yeah, you know, it's just uh-huh. my take. Uh, all right. Well, but but you know there are legitimate things to ask God about, right? I mean, and just you know I, I you, you know what I'm saying. There are things just you just don't want to oh, bug yeah. him, you know, with with dumb stuff. Yeah. What 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 I do. And I advise my clients to do too. If they ask God for help on an issue, um, always always add on for the highest and best good for everyone involved at the end. That way, you're not hurting anybody to get what you want or get what you need, and it's for the highest and best good for everyone involved. That that's that's a good thing to to tack on. Okay. Well, do you do you think that people uh, get any points for not bugging God all the time? You know, you know, like constantly asking, "Hey, uh, I would like you to do us a favor." You know, that that kind of stuff. Uh... <laughs> well, I've never I've never talked to God about that, but I, I think God is in everybody and everything, and I don't think God's bothered by by asking by asking uh, him or her for 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 repeated requests on almost anything. Okay. Well, I've always, you know, tried to keep my request to a minimum. I did ask for help before I got married the the, the third time. The first and second marriages, I acted on my own, and they didn't work out well. Sure. You know, number three also sure. went down the tubes, but I felt at peace with the decision. I appreciated God's input. Well, you know, the old saying, uh, God says the practice makes perfect, so... Hopefully you're getting getting better at it now after being through it several times. Well, well, we like to think so. All right. Say, Spud. What? Well, being married multiple times is not what God would prefer. I know he does give a pass to certain individuals like, uh, well, our current commander-in-chief, who, really? for the greater good of the people, remains in the warm embrace of our Heavenly Father. I'm not going to cast like the first, second, or even third stone at Trump. I, I, of all people, you know, can't play the marriage card with him, but I would bet that he, he's on some list of people, you know, who might be headed down below, if you know what I mean. Oh, the God that I know will let Donald Trump into heaven, Spud. I, I don't think there's an electoral college in heaven, so I wouldn't count on it, but let me get back to Ted. Um, yes, yes. So can, can you tell God that I won't be bothering him unless I really, really need the help as, you know, he's, as he has more important stuff to do. But also, tell him that I apologize for using his name in anger last week. I, I was playing hoop at the Y and couldn't hit a shot. He even missed a, some lay-ins, so I was frustrated. But that's no excuse. You know, it's my, it was my bad. So, But God, God's big on forgiving, right? I mean, he, he, he'll come. Absolutely. 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 And, and, and if you have a really evil spirit, Energy once once created is never destroyed, and you're given lots of times to evolve and chances to to rectify any mistakes you made. All right. Well, can can you tell him thanks at least before I let you go? I will absolutely. He's hearing that now, and he's saying, y- "You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome." All right. Super. Well, there you have it. Uh, this 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 uh, session with you uh, really helped me out in a variety of ways. Uh, but I want to thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Spot. I, God appreciates your respect, too, right, and, and asking him for help. All right. There you have it, Mr. Ted Marr, our show's resident psychic.
The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. Thank you, everybody. We're the Black Chevys, and we're on the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram, and you can hear our music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you all, and good night. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, you know, getting back to what we were discussing, uh, Chance, I found that the key to a memorable honeymoon, you, you know, pleasing your wife, was to make sure there were adequate snacks available. <laughs> you, well, I mean, yeah, listen, because Rachel, uh, she gets a little grumpy when her stomach starts growling, so I made sure I packed more than a few packages of uh, barbecue pork rinds and several boxes of wheat thins. I, I don't know why, but she really loves wheat thins. She actually eats freaking pork rinds? Yeah, well, those those are my favorite snack foods, so I, I made sure we were both covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we will be staying is supposed to be really nice, so I'm sure we'll be fine. Even if it's a fancy place, I know I'll have to cut the crust off the bread myself. They don't do that in most places like my mom does for me, but it'll be okay. They want to shatter your mind talking about Justin Bieber! So can I guess if where you'll be staying is a warm place? I, I doubt if you're going to that Mall of America in Minnesota, right? E- even though they're supposed to have an awesome roller coaster and a SpongeBob SquarePants ride too. It, it wouldn't be a bad destination if the weather was decent. Oh, we are not going to a mall on our honeymoon, Spud. Seriously. I did Google that mall as they also have a state-of-the-art video arcade. Maybe we can visit another time. Maybe. As I said, we decided that roughing it was the way to go. You should give serious thought to a camping honeymoon, too. (laughs) It, It was, no, listen, it was a wonderful experience. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Why would anyone go camping? Ever. It's fun. There, there, there's no cable TV, no hotel minibar for when you get the munchies, and, and there's certainly no ice machine outside your tent. Yeah, but camping brings out the best in us, Spud. You know, becoming one with nature is a truly bonding experience. I found all of us, Rachel and I, along with my parents, going through heat exhaustion and a bit of dysentery together, well, it just brought us closer. What are you people? On dope? My mother came to know Rachel in a way that would never have occurred if we'd all stayed in a hotel. Yeah, camping is not an option. I need to charge my phone around the clock. Playing video games drains my battery fast. My parents never took us camping either. I think my dad is afraid of possums. It goes back to when he was a little kid. Something about spending time on his grandpa's farm and a possum attacked him one day. Uh, it's all fake news. Yeah, yeah, I don't like possums either, man. I mean, they, they, they scare me. So, anyway, can I ask if you are going to a place near the water? I mean, there are a lot of places with water around the world, so that won't give away much. I will admit there will be water nearby where okay. we will be staying. Yeah. Chance has recently taken swimming lessons. You love to swim now, right, honey? I don't exactly love to swim, but now I won't drown if someone pushes me into a pool or something. Right. That's good to know. 
You know, there wasn't much water at the Grand Canyon where we honeymooned, but there are plenty of trails to go hiking on. What better way to begin a day than a nice, brisk walk on a rustic trail? It's jack what you're saying. I've read that it can get to like 110 degrees by 8 a.m. at the Grand Canyon. Yeah. That sounds fun. I don't deal with extreme heat well, and my mom won't let me go outside when it gets over 78 degrees. She feels I might get too dehydrated. We're not visiting the Grand Canyon, so I don't understand where this conversation is going. Okay, uh, I can cross that off my list of potential sites. Uh, will it be a place where there are palm trees? Oh, this guessing game is silly. Well... As you won't get information for on where we're going. Which is good, as I said earlier. My mom could be listening right now. This in our pants yet? All right, all right. Then, then I'm going to play some music right now, okay? Uh, is that okay? Is that all right with everyone? Okay. Um, I'm in the mood for the song Still in Hollywood by Concrete Blonde that, that was released uh, back in 1986, I think, on their, this is their debut self-titled album. Band leader Jeanette Napolitano was a guest a few times on our old cable TV show. She's an amazing woman. Uh, hit it, please. Okay. 
Goodman Radio Show. Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Spud Show. Anyway, I think you are. You're not. You're a communist. Uh, Deuce, uh, I'm not even listening to the Spud Show. What the hell am I talking about? Spud, your next guest, Josh Hartnett, is ready to go. We'll put him through then. Oh, okay. I need to say that Josh is quite possibly one of the most gorgeous men on earth. What a hottie. Yes! Hotter than your beloved Tom Selleck? Well, he doesn't have Tom's cute mustache, so it could be a draw. You know, I know our family really enjoyed Josh in that Pearl Harbor movie. It's a sad story, but a very good movie. He's done some really interesting films that were not big studio productions, too. Well, I liked him on that Showtime series, Penny Dreadful. Is Showtime that channel that has so much offensive nudity? That's ridiculous. No, that was Cinemax After Dark, uh, and may it rest in peace. Uh, just, Just put Josh through before he falls asleep. Here he is. Welcome actor, producer Josh Hartnett to the show. Thanks for checking in with us. Thanks for having me, Spud. Yeah. So you have a new movie out, Inherit the Viper, starring yourself, and also a few people we've enjoyed speaking with on our program, Bruce Dern and Dash Myhawk. Give us the basics of the film. Well, it's a film that surrounds the story of a a family of drug dealers uh, in a small town in Ohio who really have no other option but but to deal drugs to make a living uh and yet the the drug that they're selling is an opiate that is having an obvious effect on the commu- community um and the uh the story kind of surrounds just their their uh trials and tribulations but also the sort of uh the larger story of of the opiate crisis in america oh. um and it's yeah, it's a it's a thriller, but it's also it's also it's, it has a very dramatic tone to it. Right. Well, I mean, you've done some major studio movies like Pearl Harbor, Black Hawk Down, The Black Dahlia, among many others. But this appears to be a smaller, more personal film. Now, I've read that you seem to prefer the non-superhero roles in your career because I don't think you've ever been in a, a Marvel or DC Comics franchise movie, right? I've never played a superhero. No, um, I I prefer working with. Well, here's the thing. I, I don't mind when I when I started do, making uh, making bigger films. The superhero films were not necessarily as uh, as much of a, a sure bet. You know, there were a lot of a lot of them that didn't that didn't quite work. And these days, uh, a lot of great people are working in, in superhero films. Uh, a lot of great directors and writers, and and it's sort of the game has changed, but. Uh, no, it wasn't really the tr- it wasn't really the direction I wanted to go back then. And over the course of the last fifteen years or so, I've worked on a ton of independent films, and I really, I really like the process, and I like the people I've been able to work with. It's, so it's for me, it all comes down to script and and people, yeah, and directors and producers. I, I, I found uh, I don't know what your take was on Martin Scorsese's uh, position that they're actually more like theme parks than actual films. But yeah, anyway, uh, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll move on. I'll move on. So, um, but w- when you first started out in your cu- in your career, it was it was after dropping out of college, following your freshman year. Looking back, was that the best decision you ever made in your life to this point? <laughs> uh, no, the best decision I ever made was to end up with the girl that I'm with right now. We have three lovely children, um, but I would say that 
it, it, it's up there, you know. I mean, getting going and chasing. Uh, I I didn't necessarily want to become an actor, but I knew that the opportunity existed for me to audition for a few things, and just and and I thought it was an exciting opportunity. So I I I, I have to look back and say that I'm proud that I had the gumption to take that leap at that age and not not take the safer route uh, because it's uh, you know you have to follow your follow your dreams as they say right and, right uh, and sometimes things work out well obviously they did in your case say spud what well i too like josh have followed my dreams so to speak by working here on this radio show i'm sure really i could have just focused solely on my other career at south seattle carpet and linoleum south seattle carpet and linoleum as i continue to be one of the leading salesmen this quarter but no i'm fortunate I'm able to follow a dual track dream while also being part of the Spud Goodman show too. Oh hey Josh I need a moment. Great sounds good. No way being a part of this show could be anyone's dream. Come on let's be real I call BS on that one. I mean sure it beats standing on a corner with a spinner sign for a mattress store or something but glamorous it's not. Spud you could never handle standing on any street corner for hours holding a sign. You lack well, the focus, yeah. concentration, and frankly, coordination. After 15 minutes, you would hurt yourself. Maybe poke an eye out or even pull a you know, hamstring. We have a kid who holds up a sign out front of our store. Uh, it's sad. I heard he has an alcohol problem. All right. That's... that's I'll write that down. Now, let me return to Josh, because he's, he's calling in from England, I think. Okay, I'm back. Oh, your first film role was playing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's son in, in one of the Halloween movies. Off the record, were you ever freaked out on the set seeing all the flake, fake blood everywhere? <laughs> off, off the record in this uh, in this interview. Yeah, I, I didn't... I, you know, the thing was... Uh, that was my first film. I was shooting that and the faculty simultaneously jumping back and forth. Both of them had a lot of blood in them. Uh, I, I, I had never been a big fan of horror films when I was younger because I was easily freaked out by. It. But yeah. then seeing behind the curtain and uh, you know, kind of getting a chance to to see how they're made, I it took all the fear out of it for me. Now I watch uh, any horror film from a purely technical point of view. Um, no, it does. It, it, it actually just. It, it made it a lot easier to watch for me. Well, I, I'm still freaked out by myself, but all right. Well, let me hit you with this one. In 2003, PETA named you as the sexiest vegetarian alive. Now, I'm a longtime vegetarian too, but without any titles like that. I'm envious, but would it be safe to say that back then, the you know the pool of vegetarians was a lot smaller than now, where I have like a vegan mailman and that Impossible Whopper's out there too? It's nice to, you know that we're not thought of as finicky eaters at family gatherings anymore. What do you think? I think that's, that's very true. Yeah, I'm a vegan now, and uh, and it's easier than ever to eat vegan, eat vegan yeah. everywhere in the world. It's 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 crazy, but it was it was much more difficult. We were looked at uh, in a in an odd way back in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, but it's always nice to be named sexiest anything. I Heck guess, yeah! Right? Damn yeah! Um, I'm envious, like I said. All right, well, let me. I was going to ask you this: Do you live in England these days? Part time. Uh, my my partner, my my girlfriend is English, and we have we have three children, so we are back and forth. Oh, part time right. stays part time here. I'm actually shooting a film in England right now. I'm um, shooting Guy Ritchie's new movie. 
Oh, well, well, that'll be cool. Uh, well, when you're there, do you, do you miss anything from this country? Like, uh, not the politics, of course, but uh, for sure, like Dunkin' Donuts or, say, watching SportsCenter uh, before you go to bed at night? Or I, I miss the sports 100%. Like, I'll watch a football game here, uh, you know, a soccer game here, but I don't have the investment that I do with the sports back home. But I have to stay up, I have to stay up really late to watch a football game. So <sighs> that's, that's tough. You know, it's it's fun sometimes, but waking up early in the morning with the kids afterward is not fun. No, no, no. Um, well, you also have a bunch of films in post-production, in the can, as they say. Um, are there yeah. any projects you're especially looking forward to be released? Yeah, I mean, the one that I just am shooting now, I'm really excited about. And there's a film called Target Number 1 that I shot uh, a, about a year and a half ago that is a really phenomenal piece of work. Um, this one and that I'm very proud of. And I've got a film, and then I've got a, uh, a TV show that's coming out called Paradise Lost that was really well written. I haven't seen it yet because it hasn't been fully edited, but uh, I'm proud of all these things. So that's four projects that are coming out in the next year that I'm, that I'm proud of. And, uh, you know, for me, that's that's a lot. I don't work, I, over the course of my career, I haven't uh, traditionally worked as much as I've been working these days. Uh, but, you know, you have kids. Yeah. Absolutely. You got to get to work. Where's the uh, TV uh, program going to be airing? They're streaming. I don't even know. Honestly, it's, uh, I think it's supposed to come out the late spring, maybe. Okay. They haven't said, they haven't given, they haven't given me a release date yet. All right. All right. Well, let me end this thing with my required talk show host question. Josh Hartnett, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? Yeah. Cliche, but I got to do it. Mm, Most memorable moment in showbiz. Some of the first, first moments are the ones that stick with you the most because everything is so new and so you're just overwhelmed by all the all, all, all the kind of technical stuff that goes on behind the scenes yeah. yeah but when i was shooting virgin suicides which is one of my first films and uh francis or coppola was producing it um because oh. uh, his daughter was directing it i was just sitting on set talking to francis or coppola about films and uh just sort of pinching myself recognizing that you know i was a 19 year old kid get, being able to ask one of the greatest filmmakers of all time you know behind the scenes questions about his film and it was in a sort of almost collegial conversation not a sort of interview situation and i just yeah it was I, that was that was a pretty exciting moment for me heck yeah all right well i'll remind listeners that your new film inherit the viper is now showing at select theaters and on demand thank you very much for spending some time with us oh thank you yeah, yeah. take care yeah, you too mr josh hartnett this is the Spud Goodman Show. I would like some more music right now, so let's cue up a band that played live on our show, The Stereo Creeps. This cut is from their 2014 release, Cave Dwellers of Tomorrow, and it's titled Trailer Park Incident. Here they are, the stereo creeps.
is the Spud Goodman Show. Netflix. I love Netflix with all my heart. It always gives my day such a great start. I wake up early to watch before I go to my job at Kmart. If I can't watch a whole movie, at least I can see a part. I truly love Netflix with all my heart, but it would be nice if they put on more movies with naked women. It's just a suggestion. Say, could I add one final comment on the topic of your honeymoon, Mrs. Jarvis? There's a place that just might be perfect for you and Chance if you haven't already booked your accommodations. Have you ever heard of this place called Sandals? It looks and sounds incredibly romantic on those TV commercials. Look, alternative facts are not facts. You know, the people in those TV commercials are not real live humans. <laughs> they have to be robots from, you know, that Westworld show. They look too perfect. 0% body fat in their designer swimsuits and their hair is flawless. Have you ever seen someone with perfect hair at a beach resort? You know, after just putting on sunscreen, your hair's all matted and, and with the sweat and the sand, normal people look like crap almost immediately. At least guys do. Ooh, yeah. We won't be going to Sandals for our honeymoon, Gerald. It's just not our speed, you know? Oh, I have seen those TV commercials, and I wouldn't feel comfortable walking around in my swim trunks all day. I burn easily, so my mom would not sign off on me honeymooning anywhere near the equator. It's too sunny. Your mom needs to know that I am aware of your sensitivity to ultraviolet rays. I will apply SPV 100 sunscreen all over your body. Oh, that is what's exposed. And you need to tell her I'll monitor your time in the sun. Seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours. You know, I used to just use baby oil catching rays, you know, when I was younger. Looking back, that was kind of dumb. Though my doctor, who burns off all my, uh, you know, precancerous spots, has made a ton of money off me, is probably happy I was such a moron. <laughs> I try never to expose my skin to the sun in the summer, as I burn just looking at the backyard patio from the living room. If I ever do venture out on a sunny day, my wife makes sure I'm covered head to toe with sun reflective material. When we were at the Grand Canyon after the sun came up, she threw a tarp over me and I just like cut a hole uh, so I could see out of it. It was tough to keep my balance at times on hikes, but I never got burned, not once. You can't prevent everything. Yeah, but you're so white. It makes me squint when I stare at your face. You might want to try what your hero Trump does and, you know, put a couple coats of tanning spray on a few times a week for the sake of others who have to look at your face at work. And it only makes common sense. Dorothy, wherever you want to go, I'll be fine with it. Well, I wasn't going to say this. I wanted to keep it as a surprise for you, babe. But after all this hoopla over where we should honeymoon, I might as well say this over the air now. All right. Sweetie, we have reservations at one of the nicest resorts on Lake Michigan. It's called Windjammer on the Lake Resort. I got an amazing deal as it's listed as a three-star hotel, but the reviews state it's more like a four-star. 
They have rustic cabins with full kitchens, so I can make all your favorite meals. Isn't that exciting? Lake Michigan? Okay, I guess that'd be neat. A chance! Um, Lake Michigan is one of our country's great lakes. I have never been there, but that is some place I would sure love to visit. Not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar too. I mean, it's probably cooler than that lake you're on. And I was able to book this with a Groupon coupon. I know how much you want us to make prudent financial decisions chance, you know, to get off on the right foot in that area. I think we will love this resort. At least there I don't think my mom will want to tag along with us. Well, the wedding isn't until what, like June of 2021? I don't know. I think that's, is that right? But, and by that time, with global warming and climate change, it, it just might be a big dry lake bed, and then you can like scrounge around for old fishing lures and rowboats that, you know, sunk years ago. Oh, don't listen to it, Spud, dear. The lake will be there in June of 2021. Why do you say such things, Spud? Well, it's just throwing it out as a possibility. Uh, Mrs. Jarvitz, I know you value your privacy, but this resort just might be a great location for a destination wedding. You know, instead of having your ceremony at City Hall presided over by a justice of the peace, you could invite everyone to this Windjammer on the Lake Resort and combine everything so all the loved ones in both your lives can share in the experience. I know my wife, Rachel, and I would love to attend, if, if we were invited, that is. Oh, <laughs> I don't think a destination wedding would be a good idea. But, well, thank, th- yeah, thank you, though, for the, your suggestion, Gerald. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's no secret I don't dig weddings. Uh, not even all of my own ones, uh, to be honest. So I would have to pass on flying to that Muskegon or Grand Rapids airport or wherever you fly into to get there. Sorry, but, you know, that would give you one more person to invite if you're, you know, if the guest list is already maxed out. Yes! Maybe we should just change the subject. Hopefully my mom isn't still listening to the show. A destination wedding? Really? Thanks a lot, Gerald. Um, um, you suck! Now I'm gonna have to do some repair work when I get home to my parents' house. Gosh, it was just a suggestion. Well, before you get this kid into more problems with his mom, let me close this damn show. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going to leave you with this tune by The Sunrays, released in 1966 off their album Andrea. Uh, Though I may have to stay mostly out of the sun now due to my doctor's advice, I still love it, especially this time of year in the far reaches of North America where uh, we could use some sun right now. But anyway, here are the sun rays with I Live for the Sun.
The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer, TJ Pites. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.